Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. I'll make that awkward transition here right now because most of the time I'm awkward. Uh, good to be back together. Isn't it wonderful to be together worshiping Jesus? Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yes. Thank you to our worship team who comes there early. They, they, they're here on Friday night and they're practicing and going through and they're here early before uh, some of us are awake. Uh, and so we're grateful for the part that they do to make moments like this happen. Uh, we've been away for the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, we were with uh, Church Untitled. That, yes, that's its name. Uh, Pastor by Ryan and Sarah Johnson in downtown Vancouver. About Well, not about six years ago, they started that church. And uh, Ryan grew up in this church. Uh, his dad, Paul Johnson, uh, was, uh, was the principal of RCA for many, many years. Uh, Ryan went through the school. And uh, a number of years ago... They uh, decided, or God decided, and they said yes to plant a church downtown. And uh, I think I was there, if not the first service, near the first service. Uh, maybe they had 20 or 25 people at it. And uh, last Sunday we were in the room, downtown Vancouver, filled with people, a uh, couple hundred people in the room, and many, many more than that around. And see, they've seen people get saved, healed, delivered, and they've just done a fantastic job. I would have clapped by now. Thank God. There are, there are easier places to plant a church than downtown Vancouver, right? They've just done a fantastic job. And last week we were with uh, uh, Pastor Daryl Corbin in Manor House Church in, in Portland and uh, had a wonderful time with him. Pastor Daryl, for those of you that have been around for a while, was one of the ones that came up and did some prophetic assembly with us a few years ago. But here we are, and uh, today we're going to have a little bit of a different Sunday, as you can see. Uh, there's some... We have some guests, which I'll introduce when they come uh, near the end, but we're, every year uh, around November, we do a, a series called Legacy, where we talk about all the things that we get to do together as a house that are beyond us, both locally, regionally, and globally around the world. Uh, and there are many, many things that we're not aware of. Maybe you've come in the last uh, half a year, or you've been here for a while, or you're here once in a while, or you've been here a long time. And so we want to remind us today about some of the incredible things that God is doing in our community and around the world through your generosity. And just so you know, I'm not going to have a hard sell at the end and uh, put up pictures of crying babies and all that kind of stuff. I just want to tell you what happens when you give. Uh, and I don't have a problem asking for money. I don't. Because I get to ask you to help widows and orphans and kids and hungry people and, and see people uh, set free, to see camp, uh, kids in, uh, impacted at camp. And together what God does is worth asking for. I, I have a voice and I have the mic, so I get to ask for people who don't have a voice and don't have a mic. And so it's... Uh, Please, as I talk about this, this is a general philosophy of giving that was taught to me many, many years ago, is I have no hesitation in asking because all of you have a button. You have a giving button. Some of you, when we talk about kids, you can't open your wallet fast enough. And others of you, when you talk about somebody in addiction or we talk about somebody who's overseas trying to make their way, and we all have a different button. And so the, we just have to decide that 
Uh, I'm not going to be guilted in any way, shape, or form. I'm just going to respond as Jesus made me to respond. And I'm not going to guilt you. Can we make that agreement? Some of you already got your arms crossed at me. It's okay. When we talk about these kind of things, as I always say, I joke, there, uh, just have to, if it gets too much, put your head between your knees, breathe deeply, and it will pass, and then raise your head, and we'll keep going. But honestly, I really want to tell you that uh, one of our, our, our mission statements says that through Jesus, we walk with people to find healing for yesterday, uh, purpose for today, and vision for tomorrow. And that helps wherever we're at in Princeton, here, around the world, that those are kind of the things that, that we look at. Because I want to help you understand what happens when you give. Because many of you already are giving. Some of you are newer and you want to know more about before you dive in and give. And some of you are not sure if you want to give. But I want to tell you some stories today, but also want to tell you scripturally why we give. And so we're going to dive in. Here we go. So when you give, number one, you fulfill your purpose. How many of you were good at math in school? It's all right. I was okay at math until they decided to put letters in it. Who decided that? I don't know. But when you have math, numbers, we can do it. You put letters, you're like, what are we doing? Is this English or whatever? But it can be confusing. But one of the, one of the letter ones that I do remember is this one. It's a formula. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. There's a name for that theorem, and I have no clue what it is. I forgot as fast as I could get out of school and forget that one. But here it is, is if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. So here's a little formula that helps us understand how you fulfill your purpose. A is you were created in the image of God. No matter what the world says today, no matter what people might say about who you are, you were created in the image of God. And God said uh, in Genesis 1:26 says this, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image, mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The image of God is a theological concept that means that everybody on earth, no matter what they look like, deep down has the image of God pressed into who they are. And that's who we are, not anything else. It's who we bear some resemblance to God. B equals God is generous. And the Bible is very clear as you read throughout that God is a generous God as you look through it. And one of the most famous verses in the Bible, and you might see it on TV if you're watching football, what's the one that's always held up in the end zone? John 3.16. One of the most famous verses in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. What a great verse. What an incredible, powerful reminder that God in heaven sees you, knows you, and before you ever did anything for him, he loves you. He is generous and he gave of himself to see us reconciled to him. We who were caught and bound in sin, where sin was just too much, that God, his grace was more than our sin. And so God is generous. He gave his son. So let's put the formula together, A, B, C. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. So if A, you're made in the image of God, 
and B, God is generous, then C, you are wired for generosity. You are acting more like God when you're generous. It's who you are. You're fulfilling your purpose in God. Some of you, so we don't give out of guilt, we give out of purpose. That we're followers, sons and daughters of the Most High. There's the math lesson for the day, we're gonna move on. So when you give, you also position yourself for blessing. Oh, this is where you, if you give, then you get a new car, or you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. We're not that kind of church. But we also are the kind of church that believes that God blesses obedience. God blesses obedience. And the apostle Paul wrote a letter to a group of Christians living in an ancient city called Philippi. And the, you might have, you have a letter written to them called Philippians. And in the first part of his letter, Paul thanked the Philippians for their generosity and their partnership with him in the gospel. And they had done so, so much. They were generous supporters in the midst of incredible difficulty. They sacrificially gave. And Paul goes on to say this in, because he makes this connection between their generosity and God's provision. Philippians 4.19. Because they've been generous and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all of my needs. God's my supply. It's not my job. It's not how smart I am. It's not how gifted I am. Of course, I want to be a better worker, I wanna get more training, all those kind of things. But ultimately, my source is God. And so when I look to him, he's my provider and he's the one who helps me. And the blessings are not limited to the financial realm. Some people, if I give 100, where's the 100 coming back? No, 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 stop thinking like that. Just because these blessings aren't always financial doesn't mean they're not significant or important. If the best things in life can't be bought with money, then doesn't it stand to reason that the most important blessings from God are often not financial? Okay, and I wanna to talk to you about some of the ways that we give that around our community. Night to Shine, we've been doing it for a number of years. Uh, Sharon K Premier Kara oversees this and leads it. It's a, basically a prom night for people uh, with diverse abilities. And we do this whole room is filled with lights and there's, there's various stations where we honor them when they come in. Uh, people from all over our community uh, they come in and we have a red carpet and we're hooting and hollering. We celebrate them. We provide just an incredible night to celebrate and honor them for who they are. They're loved by God and they're loved by us. And this year we had the first one back in person uh, since uh, 2019 and, or no, 2020. And it said uh, that we had 160 volunteers to make it happen. 86 guests from all around our community. And those were volunteers from other churches. Those were volunteers from school. Those were volunteers from across. And we together came together and celebrated people with diverse abilities. Some of the things they said, I didn't know how to, what to expect, but wow, this blew my expectations. And then some more. We had vendors say they were not sure what to expect, but they want to be involved from now onward. We had a highlight from parents where they said when their kids were being celebrated as they came in, they couldn't help but tears began to well, well up within their eyes and, and, and flow down their face because they saw their kids being celebrated for who they are. Pearls of Hope is a, 
a little ministry thing that we do that they're basically bag pa- uh, backpacks full of resources and scriptural encouragement for people going through cancer treatment, which is, I think if I read it correctly, nearly 40% of Canadians at some time in their life will be, receive a cancer diagnosis. And then you think of all the people connected to them. We celebrate one this morning being healed. Thank God for that. And as people are going through cancer treatment, it's a, they get it, we can send them a bag that's a backpack that's full of all kinds of stuff that really help them and minister to them practically as well as scriptural encouragement and ways that, that point them to Jesus as the ultimate healer, their savior and their healer. And we've sent out over 40 of those bags, uh, some around the world, some to the U.S., some across Canada, some locally. If you know somebody going through cancer treatment, pearlsofhope.ca, you can go there and request a bag be sent to them. Night shift every week. Night shift uh, started by Marianne Connor, and uh, they minister in Surrey and Langley, and it just seems like it's expanding, meeting the needs of our friends on the street primarily, but not exclusively, providing all kinds of things. And one of the things that we get to do is we provide a meal on Friday night which equals out to about 200 people being fed every uh, Friday night because of your generosity. That means over 10,000 meals get served because your generosity. That's what happens when you give in Surrey. And for years and years and years, we've done Christmas hampers. And this past year, I think we did 50 hampers, which, is, which means not just a, a little sack of food. If you were here, this room is filled with tables, filled with food, two weeks worth of food, a couple hundred dollars uh, plus worth of food, plus every child that gets a gift and receives a gift that most likely would not have received a gift without your generosity. And we just send the message that Jesus sees you and Jesus cares for you and your money is far more than just a gift. It's a message from heaven that God sees and knows and loves you and is for you. Last year we were doing this. I think it was last year and someone came up to me and and told me that they're in church today because when they were a child, they received a hamper and it brought their family to church and they surrendered their life to Jesus and they couldn't wait to serve because Jesus had impacted their life and their life was radically different because of a hamper. Amen. Yes. And we're going to talk about adopt a school here in a minute. Uh, regional missions that we do. There's four church plants connected to us, plus one church uh, campus in Princeton that you've heard us refer to. Uh, we had the joy of meeting with those pastors last night and gathering to, to share and pray and pray over one another. And we're thankful for that, that throughout the city, Princeton campus, though, led by Pastor Jen and Praxis is coming alive. And we are so proud of them, so glad of their work there. Princeton campus, give them a hand right now. (laughs) I say that and I, I can't see into Princeton campus right now, but I hope you were clapping too for your pastors there. Uh, But seriously, missional moments, when we're talking about everything this morning, Princeton, you get to be a part of this. It's not just us doing it, but your contributions and your prayer and your participation is all part of the story of what God's doing. And then globally around the world, we work with Christian leaders and church-based ministries, our leaders, sorry, that are committed to seeing their areas and they're transformed by the power of Jesus. We do not want to just do good works. 
nor do we just want to preach the gospel. It's actually both and. Acts 10 and 38 says that Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He refused to choose. He said, there's an eternity for you. You need to surrender your life to me, but also I want to help to come alongside. He healed people. He saved people. He fed people. He visited people. He did all the things. So it's both and. And so we look for leaders in churches like that. Uh, that's why we're part of planting churches in Thailand, which we'll hear about today, where we committed to help plant 100 churches over three years. And we're reaching that mark through our partnership with the churches in Thailand and businesses, where for literally $300, you can plant a church in Thailand. 300 from you, 300 from a business person, and 300 from the church uh, leaders and uh, churches in Thailand. But Planting, or planting churches means also the transformation of communities. That's why our global partners in Ghana, in Kenya, in Nigeria, in Uganda, and Thailand are also helping widows and feeding orphans and in educating people that might not be able to have access to education, in training nurses in a nurses training college that sees three and 400 community health nurses trained in the western region of Ghana that then go out all over Ghana as not just as nurses, but also as sons and daughters of the Most High, spreading the good news of Jesus while they minister to the needs of people and, and helping in so many places throughout Ghana as well. And we want to advocate and, uh, with our friends in Uganda, the Maguanya family, who uh, have this phrase, from dust to dignity, where they advocate for those with uh, diverse abilities, people that can't walk, people that don't have access to wheelchairs, people that don't have the ability to get around and are literally calling through the dust. And they had a vision from God to come alongside these people. And they've gone all over, uh, all over Uganda and have brought mobility by partnering with churches to pull people, because many times these people are hidden behind uh, uh, in the backyard because they're viewed as cursed, they're viewed as not valuable, they're viewed as not meaningful because they're, they have a disability. But when the church can come and say, we see you, and not only do we see you, God sees you, and not only does God love you, we love you, and we're gonna come alongside. And literally thousands of people have received mobility, whether that's crutches, where they've lost a leg through a war or through an accident, whether that's a, um, a, a wheelchair, whatever is needed, and thousands and thousands of them have received it all over the nation. And here's the good part as well, that not only that, many, 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 hundreds and hundreds have surrendered their lives to Jesus because in eternity one day is where we'll all be. The powerful work together. If you're interested in going on a mobility mission trip, we're tentatively looking at one this fall. Uh, if you want to talk to Shanda after, there might be a table, I think, in the foyer as well, uh, and there will be more information coming out about that. Uh, Princeton as well, if you want to participate and, and be a part of that mission trip, you are most welcome as well. And one of the things that's gone on for many, many years globally is overseas gospel mission. OGM, you might have heard it called, which is basically a, a Bible college training or Bible training for the developing world. And it's primarily been in Western Africa, but not exclusively. And it's been going since 1978. Marvin, am I about right on that? 78, 80-ish around there. And served and trained hundreds and hundreds of people who wouldn't have access to quality biblical instruction. 
uh, and it's been going on, and it's kind of a pen pal relationship where people from here mark uh, papers and things like that, and then uh, write a letter of encouragement, and we're revamped it a little bit, and we're working on that. If uh, but we will need people that will be kind of pen pals to encourage somebody that's pastoring a church or leading in some way, someone from here that can encourage and strengthen and breathe life into and pray over and get a prophetic word for them and, and mark their papers at the same time. And so we're going to be looking to launch and relaunch that this fall as well. So be watching for that. There will be some more information in the, in the foyer about that as well. So when you give, you also gain perspective. I'm rushing along. I know. I can feel it. I'm, I got, yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So when you give, you gain perspective. Have you ever met somebody who's gone on a mission trip? Anybody? Or has anybody ever gone on one, whether locally or around the world? It costs a lot of money. It costs money for usually for airfare or if you had the privilege of going to RCA and riding a big yellow bus all the way down the I-5. It costs money to get there, food there, everything is sacrificed. You have to raise money, maybe sell something, uh, find pop bottles, whatever it is. But it's a bit of a sacrifice. And when you talk to them when, you come, when they come back, they use words like this, incredible, life-changing, impacting. Wow, I was impacted more than the people there, I think. And they talk about this expensive experience like it was one of the most important things that they've ever done. I've never met anyone that came back and said, man, I wish I hadn't raised all that money and gone. It was terrible giving and helping people. It's not. I would have rather used that money to buy, well, to download some more movies and uh, new furniture. Nobody has ever come back and said that from a missions trip that I've ever talked to. But spending money can be fun. But people often regret something they buy, but they rarely regret something they give. New clothes, new restaurants, new car, nothing wrong with those things, but deep down they don't really satisfy because it doesn't touch our purpose. But when we give with our time, our talent, or our treasure, we somehow know that we're doing something more important. Matthew 6 and 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the Bible teaches that how we work with money isn't just a financial issue or giving is not just a financial issue. It's a primarily a spiritual issue or a heart issue. Our money and our heart are connected. And where we say, send or spend our money says something about what we value and what we support. So when we give, it's making this intentional statement that something matters. This thing over here or that person over there or what God's doing in, in Princeton or what's happening in Uganda or what's happening in Surrey or what's happening in Nigeria or wherever, it matters. It deserves my attention. It deserves my focus and my support because eternity matters. And when you give, you're shifting your perspective from just what can you can see, taste, and touch to an eternal perspective that one day we will all stand before God. One day every person who's drawing breath right now we have this incurable disease called aging. And one day we will stand before God. No matter how much Botox you use, no matter what you do, you're going to go to Jesus. Maybe with a tighter face, but you will go to Jesus. I'm not thinking of anybody in particular. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just going to not look at anybody right now. Anyway, when you're out, we're on the home stretch. Last one. When you give, you partner with God. Have you ever thought that God doesn't really actually need your money? 
Seriously, he doesn't. I don't mean to sound rude, but if God wanted your money, he could just take it. Because think about this. If he knows how many hairs are on your head, mine's an ever-reducing number, so he keeps track of that. But if he knows that, I think he knows your online banking password and can make a transfer to the church. Where did that money go? I, I would swear we had 500 in there. Transfer to Horizon Church, how? If that's happened, I did not hack you, it's God, okay? But if he knows how many, how, how that he can help us. But God doesn't need us, but he invites us to join him. He invites us in, he doesn't need us, but he wants us to participate. We don't invite God into our world, God invites us into his. And it's cool when you think about it. While God doesn't need us, he invites us to participate. And when you give, those are the kind of things that you get to do, joining with God in his mission around the world. You don't give just to keep the lights on. You give because the gospel needs to be heard and people need to experience the reality of a Jesus who sees and knows and loves them. You don't just give to this church, you actually give to the church around the province and around the world being touched by the goodness and grace and kindness of Jesus because there's something bigger going on than just us. There's a whole world of people being touched more than the here and now and when you give, you're a part of what God's doing somewhere else. So we have a couple of guests this morning, and I want to invite them to kind of come up, and somebody's going to take this, I think, away from me. So Colin and Loretta, if you want to kind of come on up, grab a seat here. So uh, I think they're going to find... I'm from the country, and this is so, like... Extra, like, yeah, just grab a seat there. Hey, one save. Thank you so much, Jacob and team, and people setting and running. It's fantastic. So, I'll introduce them a little bit more in a moment, but. First, this is Loretta Hibbs, who is the founder and director of City Dream Center here in the city. And this is Colin Anyawu, who's from Oweri, uh, Nigeria. And uh, we'll talk more, hear from both of them in a moment, but can you give them a nice warm welcome? And well, in 2014, we, uh, I had been praying about, there have been some negative things going on in our community in regards to the church. And I was saying, Lord, is there some way that we can help to turn the narrative on what people think of the church? And through some series of events, we got connected with Loretta, who at that time was at Relate Church. And, it was just, and she's now at City Dream Center and founded that. And uh, we started in this thing called Adopt a School. She pitched it to me where we'd adopt a local uh, school. Uh, and so we've been involved in that coming up almost nine, nine years or eight years, something like that. Uh, two principles, and I think uh, it's, it's just been a great time where we get to give, get to give gifts, and we have uh, provided busing for them to go to sports camps. We've done uh, things at the beginning of the year called, what do we call those, uh, gym blasts, various things along the way. And, and also, uh, beginning, I think, sometime maybe during COVID, we started to provide meals to families on a weekly, on the weekend, 
because there, there was a number of families that the, the food that kids eat at school uh, for breakfast club and lunch was sometimes the only food that they would get. And so they would go home on Friday and many times would just have a smattering of food through the weekend uh, before they got back to school on Monday. And so uh, in partnership with City Dream Center and actually RCA is also helping by packing the bags and, and uh, Jeff and Shirley Barrow are coordinating the delivery of it. Uh, but 20, 25, roughly around 25 families a weekend are uh, getting meals during the school year and then some as well during the summer months. But Loretta... Can you just give us a, uh, how, how did you get into this? How did City Dream Center kind of come to be? And it's more than just adopted school as well. So, well, first of all, thank you for having me, you and Shanda. I, I really, it's an honor to be here today. Um, City Dream Center actually has been going for seven years now. So I can't believe how fast time has gone. But I worked at Relate Church for 20 years, volunteered there for nine years. Grew my, my kids grew up there. My husband's here with me. We've been married 40 years. But uh, I was working in women's ministry, and our pastor actually came into my office and said, if Relate Church was to close their doors tomorrow, would anybody in the community notice this? I want you out of women's ministry, into community. I want you to answer this question. If we were to close our doors tomorrow, would the community even care? And I thought, wow, that's a really big question. I have no idea. And uh, so I called the school board and I thought we could probably adopt a school and maybe paint a classroom or do something. And so I met with the superintendent there and uh, they, they said that uh, you can't adopt one school, you have to adopt four because the need is so big. And I thought, the need is so big. Like this is 10 minutes from where I live. And uh, so I met with the four principals and they started to tell me that kids were going to bed hungry, that they didn't have any food on weekends, that they didn't have proper coats and, and winter coats and shoes and all of it. And I, honestly, I left there an absolute wreck. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe 10 minutes from where I live, like literally down the street from where we are today, there's kids that haven't eaten today. I couldn't believe it in Canada that that is actually happening. And so we started the adopt school program. We started with the four schools. And um, now we have... Uh, 15 schools adopted by a church, and you're one of them. We have 52 high schools and elementary schools, inner city schools in Surrey alone. 52. I don't know if you want me to go into this, but 52 inner city schools in Surrey alone, and 15 are adopted by a church, and you're included in that, and another 10 schools CDC has been working with, and we've been, we still need another 27 more schools adopted just in Surrey alone. We've got schools in uh, Abbotsford, in Chilliwack, in Victoria adopted all over the place. But here in Surrey alone, there's still 29 more schools to be adopted. We serve 160 families a week through emergency feeding program. And that's included in what you do and other churches do through the Dream Center. Um, in 2022, we gave up away 234,540 meals into the community. And that's, your church is included in that. First year of COVID, for the year and a half of COVID, we gave 1,200,000 meals into the community. And most of them were packed right in this room. They were packed right in here. We had never done it before. I was actually, it was 2020. I just come, we had just come back from LA 
and we were sitting at our place in Sunshine Coast. My cupboard was full of food. Everything was, was you know, was okay. I'm sitting on my porch. It was our birthday, my birthday. Well, he's a week, a week apart. But it was my birthday, and I was thinking, I'm scared because I don't know what's happening with the world. Can you imagine the families that have nothing in their fridge and how scared they are? And so that day, I, we decided we were going to do a 1,000 hampers into the community. And so I called one of our coworkers. I said, guess what? We're doing a 1,000 hampers. She goes, ah, how about 300? I said, no, we're doing a 1,000. By the end of that week, we had somebody sponsor that. It was $50,000. We did 2,000 bags of food. Every three weeks, God provided to bring us to a year and a half where we gave out 1.2 million meals into the community. I have no idea, <laughs> like when I look back now, I'm thinking, wow, how in the world? But every three weeks, God provided $50,000 that we could do enough food to provide for the families. And, and you were all part of that. This place was packed. If you came by here, it was packed of food. I'd never seen anything like it. But the amazing thing was when we showed up with our trucks, and some of you volunteered on that every single time we did it, but... The lineup in the townhouses was down the street and around the corner. Honestly, I, my heart was just like they were waiting for the food because they were so desperate for the food because their, their regular meals in the schools had stopped. And the families were so grateful and so thankful. And they were just like, I can't believe you do this for us. And we showed up every single time. And they couldn't believe how faithful we were as churches coming together. And you've just got a, your own space now, City Dream Center. Yes, has been... it's a year in June, it's a year this month. It's fantastic. We just got our, a new warehouse. You know what, God's funny because he gave us a forklift and all the shelving for the warehouse before he ever gave us the warehouse. So I was like, <laughs> God, we've been praying for a warehouse. It's really nice that we have this beautiful forklift and all these metal shelves. We have nowhere to put it. And within probably three months, God provided a warehouse and all of the offices and meeting space and everything else for us. So it's amazing. That's fantastic. And it's the kind of thing that I think is close to the heart of God. That's, he just moves in a powerful way. Let me just pray uh, for our, uh, for you and for City Dream Center. And also there's still lots of need in our city. Uh, churches to step up and resources to be released and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we'll just pray for that. Can you join with me? Father, thank you for Loretta and for uh, the work being happening in and through City Dream Center. Thank you, Lord, for the faith of God that uh, has dropped into her heart, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that your church all through this city uh, would be known as a place of hope, a place of help, a place of training, a place of deliverance, a place of healing. Uh, Lord, that uh, as we each do our part in our area, Lord, I pray that the church would catch a vision to go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Lord, thank you that you're the provider for City Dream Center. Thank you that you're the provider for these families. Lord, I pray that through the work uh, that's done, that people's hearts would be turned towards Jesus, that the ultimate questions of life will be answered through the handing out of hampers and the training of parenting classes and all the things that happen through City Dream Center. Pray your blessing over Loretta, that you would bless her spirit, soul, and body in every way. May the blessing of heaven overtake her and all that's in her heart to do. In the strong name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, right, right there. So this is... 
Depends on what you see. He's sometimes Colin. He's sometimes Chigor. But he's, uh, he's an Anyawu. I think it's all on for you there. Uh, but in a moment, uh, part of our... I think it was 1978. Uh, Shanda and I didn't go there in 78. 1978, Ambrose and Linda Anyawu uh, were, went out from here. Ambrose is Nigerian and his, uh, his wife is from the Trinidad. Trinidad. Thank you. Uh, and they went back to where Ambrose had grown up and literally out of the kind of out of a, a jungle plot on the side of the road, hacked out uh, a place to uh, help little orphan, not orphan babies, babies that have been discarded. A motherless babies home is how they had started the ministry there. Uh, and now it's, uh, we were there in 2019 to visit and there's a, a large school on site. There's a church, there's a network of churches, there's a hospital, uh, there's uh, so many great things happening. And the leadership is transitioning from mom and dad to you. Uh, and your brother, uh, Chitty, and your sister, I'm sorry, I forget her name, but she Cheryl. lives in Re Regina. Regina, yes. Yeah. Your brother living here is a lot warmer. Um, but, and you've, you've stayed there, and the mantle has been passed to you. Yeah. Uh, but maybe before we dive in, because many people would never have met your uh, mom and dad, because it's been a number of years since they've been able to travel. Could you give us a little update on how they're doing and what's happening with them? All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, the last time I was here was 28 years ago, and I was 12 years, and I went back to Nigeria with my mom and dad. Well, it has been good. God has been doing great things in Nigeria through them. The passion I have today about Nigeria and my community, I got it from my parents. All my life, I'm 40 this year, all my life I've been living with my parents all my life till now. And I've been watching my dad, my parents, sacrificing. And each time I think about their sacrifices and what they have been doing all these years, it makes me feel so emotional. They, they left the beauties of Canada, just like what Jesus did. Jesus left heaven to come on earth to die for us. That is exactly what my parents did back in 1978. They left Canada, the beauties of Canada, back to Nigeria to work and open an orphanage, a church in his community. And it wasn't easy for, for him, for them, when they started. But God blessed him with friends that stood with him, like Pastor Hunt, Pastor Palmer, this church, and every one of them stood by my parents. So I grew up watching them sacrificing. And both my elder brother and my sister, all of us went back to Nigeria with, with, with them. And we all grew up in the rural area of Nigeria. We didn't go to the city. He went back to his own village because of a lot of things we were lacking in those days. So they started a school because there was no, no school around in the community. They started the school, and from the school, uh, there was something that was happening back then in Africa. After a woman gives birth to a child, the woman will die after childbirth, and the baby will be left to die. So my parents took it upon themselves. Each time it happens, they will go down there and pick up the baby and train the baby. 
for three or four years. The, the father will come back and pick the baby. And they did this for 40-something years. And it gave me the passion. My father spent 43 years in Africa saving life, saving little babies. They have saved not less than 500 or 1,000 babies all their life. And it kept me going. Yeah. And I, I saw the legacy they, they, they left, uh, they have done in Nigeria. And I said to myself, both my brother and I, myself and my sister, we say we cannot leave this legacy to fall. Everybody in Nigeria wants to run away from Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, it's a true fact. There are some here. Yeah. Everybody in Nigeria wants, nobody wants to stay in Nigeria. I am privileged to travel to so many countries, but I still go back to Nigeria because of the sacrifices my parents made in Africa. And I have vowed to myself to keep that legacy going and keep what they have been doing in Africa moving. I am not running away from Nigeria. We are going to stay there to make sure that we change the situation on ground. Amen. Amen. So, so we have been trying the little we can with the support we get from Verizon. Thank God for Verizon. You know, starting a church in a rural area, it, it, takes, it takes a lot. It takes a, a lot of courage for you to start a church in a rural area because you are going there to give. They're expecting you to give. You're not going there to raise funds. You're not going there to raise offering to keep the church going. Rather, you're going there to sacrifice. Rather, you're going there to give. That is what we have been doing. All our churches, all our churches, we have three, 13 churches. All our churches are located in the rural area. And God has been faithful. And we have been trying our best to make sure that we touch lives and do the much we can by the grace of God. Thank you. And one of the things that we do is help those rural pastors. It's called the Rural Pastors Program. Yeah. So we give a little stipend each month to some of these pastors so that they can have some funds, maybe to buy some shoes for their kids or help to pay school fees or whatever the needs of their family are. Often they're, they have a garden and they're raising some food there so that yes. they have something to eat, but this is a little cash. It's not a ton, but it's something that we've been doing for oh, a number of years now, both in Nigeria and in Ghana yeah. uh, with two different... Uh, uh, friends of ours, Charles Niani in, in Ghana, and you, your family there. What what difference does it make for a pastor to receive even those small funds? Yeah, I, I like just what I said now. Um, it, it's so difficult because running a church, a church like this, you need money to run a church. And when you have a church in the rural area, they don't give anything. They wish to give. They have the heart to give, but don't have, they don't have the money to give it. But they'll give you a chicken. They'll give you a chicken. Or a pineapple. Last time I was yes, there, I got pineapple, give, bananas, yes, and two exactly. roosters. Yeah. So that shows. <laughs> Are my roosters still okay? Oh, no. That no <laughs> I think you ate them. Did you eat them? Yeah, I did. Ah. <laughs> I hope they were good. Yes. I was looking forward to like. <laughs> okay. So they have the hearts to give. But they don't have the money. So the much they can give, they will give to you. Now, financially, it has not been easy. It's not easy for those pastors in the rural area to sustain and to run the church. 
So um, God made it possible for Horizon to be sending funds to us to support the pastors in the rural area. And it's a blessing. It has been a huge blessing and a relief to them. Uh, it's, it helps them to pay for their school fees, um, their children's school fees, um, to feed the family. Yeah. It is, it's not easy running the church in a rural area. So the fund has been so helpful to them. So thank you. And part of that as well is uh, you guys call it the Nehemiah, Nehemiah project yeah. to help others. And we've, we've helped with that in the last few years as well. Yeah. Describe a little bit about what that is. Okay. Um, we have a team, a group of young people. We call them the Nehemiah team. What we do in Africa, most of the times the elderly ones are left in their homes to get old and to die. And when they die, they will conduct a big funeral for them. So... Most of the times, the elderly ones are locked up in the house. They're not being properly taken care of. So uh, God laid it in our hearts to start a group. We call ourselves the Nehemiah team. That is how it started, because of the elderly ones. So we go about in the rural areas, the villages, looking for those elderly ones. And sometimes we go and help them clean their environment, clean their house, and buy little foodstuff for them to help them sustain themselves. So we have been doing this for so many years now, for 15 years now. We have been going around visiting the elderly ones. Uh, in the course of us going in different villages, visiting the elderly ones, we come across poor families, less privileged, and we expanded uh, our horizon by visiting families, not just old people, visiting family that doesn't have enough food to feed themselves. So we just do the much we can. We cannot do everything. So the little we can, with the support we have been receiving from Horizon, we have been going around visiting families, visiting the elderly ones, making sure that they know that Jesus and God has not forgotten them. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That sounds very similar, right? Yes. So whether you're down the street helping in a school here, and like we said, kids in Canada, don't have enough food? Yes, that's true. Uh, there, there's people there as well, but both with the same heart to reach out with the love of Jesus. Yes. Um, I, th I think it was Tommy Barnett that said something to the effect of, if you find a hurt, heal it. If you see a need, meet it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's often, well, what should we do as a church? There's hurt that we can help heal. There's needs that we can help meet. And from that, the gospel can be preached, uh, the goodness of Jesus in the middle of it all. But we're going to pray for... Uh, Colin slash Chigor and Yahoo Chigor. I never know. You look so official today. So I feel like I should call you Colin. <clears throat> Sit up and pay attention. But you did eat my rooster, so. Yeah. <laughs> I forgive you. I have another one waiting you for you. You have another one waiting for me. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's pray. Can you stretch your hands towards, and we're going to pray for our work in Nigeria. And uh, Father, thank you for Chigor. Thank you for his heart to serve you and to continue on the good work begun in, uh, by his mom and his dad. Father, thank you for the sacrifices that have been made that you see every one of them, Lord. You see every sacrifice made. You see every seed gone into the ground. And Lord, we pray that you continue to uh, honor your word, Lord. Thank you that every seed will bring forth fruit and fruit that remains. 
Lord, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. Thank you for Chigor, his wife, Pecky, their child. Uh, Lord, and uh, pray, Lord, that you continue to bless them, spirit, soul, and body. Pray for mom and dad that you would continue, Lord, that not one day less than the days you have ordained for them, Lord, that they would be strong and healthy all the days of their life until you call them home. And Lord, for all the workers that are out there that are laboring even today in rural villages and preaching and, and worshiping and leading people and caring for people, we pray for the strength of heaven that you would stretch forth your hand on their behalf, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that they're not in it alone, that even as we're praying, we're with them today. But more importantly, that the God of heaven is with them, empowering them and strengthening them and leading them, encouraging them. And we thank you for the opportunity that we have to serve you and to walk with you in the strong name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Yeah, clap on. It's good. Uh, I think earlier this year, we showed a, an update from Thailand. Uh, just been seeing hundreds of people come to Jesus. And they're going into the rural areas as well, down every dirt little road, uh, looking for the person of peace that's there that God's working in. And it's powerful to see people come to know Jesus. And we want to show you a little highlight of a recent gathering in Thailand of a baptism service. And we'll let you turn our attention to the screen and you guys are able to be released.
So you can give and know that good work is happening, that people are coming to know Jesus because of your generosity, that it makes a huge, huge difference. And, but mostly I just wanna say thanks. Thank you for any of you that have ever given to Horizon Church. Thank you for those that have given to feed people and clothe people and ensure people are visited, to ensure the gospel is being preached. Thank you for those that have given to support widows and orphans and people who are far from God to be able to find their way to God. Thank you for those of you that, have, that give and serve uh, both locally and have gone on mission trips wherever you are. Thank you for living out your purpose. What a great privilege it is. Thank you for, for fulfilling and partnering with God. Thank you for extending the hand of God all around our city, around our province, and around the world. Because you give, it makes a difference. It absolutely makes a difference. The stories you've heard here, the stories I heard told, the, that video, how many of you can just lift up a shout and a clap of praise to Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of the Let's stand to our feet. Yeah. I'll give you glory, Jesus. And Lord, we pray for every person in the room and those that may be watching online or are connected to Horizon and aren't here today. Lord, we pray that you would continue to fill us with faith for the future, that we would not let what's going around us define us, but that we would let the word of heaven define us, that Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, that we're called to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of every nation. Uh, teaching them to follow you, Lord, baptizing them. Lord, I thank you for the great privilege it is to serve you. Thank you for the great privilege it is to love and be loved by you. Father, I thank you for those that give, Lord. Thank you for that you're touching hearts this morning to become more generous in their giving. Thank you, Lord, that people are gonna begin to give, maybe who have never given before, because they, they see the vision of what it means to partner with you locally, regionally, and around the world. And we thank you that you are a supplier, even in these days of rising interest rates and rising inflation, that you are above it all. You're the king of kings. You're our supplier. You're the one who gives us the power to get wealth. And may our courage be found in you. In the strong name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Church, to find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.